Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. We're going to head down to Florida right now. This guy is a busy guy. He's going to get back to work, but uh, Mets have the Cardinals coming up at 1 o'clock. He's Gary DeSarcino, the Mets third base coach and infield coach. And DeSar, how are you today? Doing well. How you doing, Ed? Is Sweeney doing, on here, too? Sweeney's yeah, buddy. How you too. doing? You nice to hey, talk to hey, you. Hey, how's it going, guys? How's, how you doing? We're Wonderful doing well. Hey, before I uh, even ask you anything about the Mets, I, uh, I just want to know how you're feeling. I, I know you had a run-in with COVID last year, but I think you're, you bounced back all right out of that. You feeling okay? Yeah, I feel good. You know, I think um, it took, it took a, probably about two months three months to get over it, you know, the fatigue and, and yeah. the um, lack of energy and the headaches, but it's crazy how that, it, it affects everybody differently. And I think, uh, I was one of the lucky ones. I look back on my ordeal and I, you know, definitely one of the lucky ones to have, you know, symptoms, but mediocre symptoms. And mm-hmm. I still think I have COVID brain sometimes with the uh, <laughs> lack, poor memory. And I'm trying to figure out if it's because I'm getting old or if it's because of the COVID, but yeah, selective I, I, forgetful memory. Yeah, I I know I've I have seen your moments too, Dzar, and uh, yeah, yeah, that's a good uh, excuse. Much, I like yeah, it. I know the the fog that comes out. Well, don't don't be a long hauler. Or hopefully that uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> you don't want to get into that. Um, the uh, wanted to talk to you a little bit about defense. Obviously, you've been working hard with JD and and a lot of the guys at third base, and there have been struggles. VR had his struggles last night at uh, third, but let, let's start with JD and and where he is right now. Uh, I know positioning has been a big thing for him. Uh, what, what, where, what's his status right now? JD's in a good place, I think overall, and I think one of the biggest reasons is for it is coming into camp and being at one position instead of having a multitask, do left field, right field. When we first got him, he even did first base. So I think mentally he's in a great place. Um, his work has been really good. Um, but it, for him, it's the nuances of the position. It's, um, you know, for me, looking out, looking out, sometimes he looks like he's walking around a little bit lost sometimes with his position, and this was last year. So we sat down with the analytical department to kind of address that and figure out a better you know, land, landmarks for him and a better place to be. He gets, you know, sometimes lost when there's a run around third and above average run around third and mm-hmm. we're in the shift or we're in heavy pull. And those little nuances of position, he's learning somewhat on the fly, but his work fundamentally has been um, very good. He's got a good, he's got a good little package of drills he does before each day, before each work session. Um, you know, we did some live flip fungos, so he gets the game speed and, you know, the, the top spinners and the hard hard rockets at him down at third base. Mm-hmm. You know, his throwing is his, is one of his strengths. He has a above-average arm. So once he gets that ball in his hands, uh, you're pretty much out. The problem is, you know, just getting his, his footwork down, getting his fundamentals, you know, repeated. And I think that's where 
you know, we're at with two, three weeks into camp and he's got a good routine going right now. And he's got a pretty darn guard, pretty darn good shortstop on his left. So if he needs any help or any advice as we go, um, you know, Francisco's like a coach out there as well. So JD's in a good place. I uh, think confidence, as you know, confidence is a big thing too. So once he gets his confidence level up, he's going to be fine. I, I was going to ask you on, on the shifts, like how how is he adapted to basically becoming a second baseman on that on that shift when he's when he's over there and, and footwork and, and that kind of thing that those angles. Yeah, so we've adjusted that over the last week. You know, we, we sat down with the analytical department. Um, you know, Zach Scott's our, our new acting GM and he's come over from uh, the R and D department in Boston. And we sat down and we're just trying to put our players in the best position. Our infield is in the best position. And with uh, probably about four or five, six days ago, we made the adjustment of keeping our third baseman on, uh, the left side of the infield and, and moving Lindor over to the right side. So gotcha. we've somewhat taken that burden off JD or, Giorme or uh, VR, if they're, they're playing third, and we've, we've kept them on the left side. Um, I think one of the things about having spring training games is you can experiment and you can practice things. You can just, you know, get guys comfortable in their positions. You don't, you don't want to put guys in positions where they're uncomfortable or where they feel that they can't make plays. So mm-hmm. we took everything into account along with the analytical stuff, and um, we've decided to make an adjustment and keep our third baseman on the, on the left side. We're talking to Mets coach Gary DeSarcina, third base coach, also works with the infielders, Sweeney Murdy, Ed Coleman, Sunday morning here on The Fan. Uh, Gary, you mentioned Lindor as an extra coach on the field, and that's not the first time we've heard that description this spring. You got to work with some pretty good players early in their careers. You saw what young Mike Trout looked like. You saw what young Mookie Betts looked like. Um, Two things. How does watching Lindor up close every day now for the last month compare to what you saw in those guys, and what are some other examples of him being a coach on the field? It's it's a great comparison between those two two players. Obviously, they're elite players, but they bring a, a simple... Um, plan to the ballpark, you know, pretty basically they want to win and they want to have fun and they come to work with a purpose, you know, being around Mookie, you know, for a full year, I think it was 2017, you know, he took ground balls at second base because he he never, you know, he never wanted to be um, caught unexpected. You know, if John ever wanted to move him in there um, in an interleague game, you know, Mookie, worked tirelessly on his hitting and had fun doing it. Uh, Mike Trout, the same way. You know, they come to the ballpark uh, to have fun. They understand that it's a game and it should be fun. You know, Francisco, I've seen him from from the other side. I haven't seen a ton of him until this year. But, I mean, this kid comes to the ballpark excited to just work, excited to play, excited to interact with his teammates, um, to have fun doing it. But when when Lindor steps on the field, it's with a purpose. Um, You know, you guys know Derek Jeter. He smiled a lot, and he had a lot of <laughs> yeah. fun out there while he was kicking your ass. So I think it's good to have it's good to have someone on your side with that mentality. Obviously, he has the talent, and you know he's, you guys have seen him over the last four or five years and what he could do at shortstop. But he brings a simple plan. It's not complicated, and that's what you know. Being around Mike Trout, I mean that kid came to the ballpark just to win. And he enjoyed being around his teammates. He enjoyed goofing around with them, having fun with them. But when the bell rang, it was it was time to win a ball game. And I know even in spring training, you you know when when it gets to 
time for those guys to be on the line to start stretching and get going, you know, at 12, 12.15, uh, 12.45 for a day game, you can see that little switch go off in his, in his face where it's, it's focus. It's let's, let's get this done, even though it's spring training, it's about, you know, and, and Frankie said this a bunch to me, it's about building. Every day we're building. We're building towards the, the championship, and um, he's been a pleasure to be around. I know the other thing all three of those guys do is, is they hold other guys accountable. Mookie ran hard down the line. Mike runs hard down the line. Lindor runs hard down the line. They do all the little things that, you know, when I look back at my career and I'd watch Cal Ripken play, you know, if Cal Ripken's running hard down the line on a routine ground ball and he hits the shortstop, everybody on their team will do it. And that's what Lindor brings to a team, to a club, is if your best player on the team is doing something, you know, you damn straight better be doing it too, or he's going to go, who, and he's not shy. I know if you guys have ever talked to Francisco, he's yeah, not yeah. shy. Nope. I mean, this nope. kid wants to win, and, and he's not afraid to have um, – you know, uncomfortable, uncomfortable conversations. And ultimately, all three of those guys not only hold their teammates accountable, but they hold their coaches accountable too. I can't just come into the ballpark and mail it in and come in with, you know, like, hey, they're just going to take round balls today. Francisco's going to be like, what are we going to do today to get better? What drill are we going to do to get today? You know, what's our goal? Um, so he, he raises up everybody's level of, um, when they come to work, everyone's level of intensity and everyone's level of purpose. And, and Mookie did the same thing, and Mike did the same thing. That's and I do know – I have not been with Frankie during a season, but I do know when he's sitting in the dugout and then those guys walked up to the batter's box and you guys have seen him enough, it's a pretty good feeling for you when you're in their dugout. No, no question. And you can, you can sense it from the other players too, which is a great thing. You know, they, the admiration they have for him and, you know, he's, he's quickly become a leader on this team. Gary, I I know this probably didn't surprise you uh, when you saw it, but uh, Terry Francona said that Andre Semenez will likely be his starting shortstop. And after watching him last year, I can, I guess I can certainly understand why. Not surprised at all. Um, I had a long talk with Sandy Alomar regarding you know, pretty much the three three guys in the trade that the two guys on my side, our side, going to him and Frankie coming here. And uh, you know what I said to Sandy was, you know, play this guy, not, you know, play him every day, hit him ninth. He's going to save so many runs with his glove, and he's going to, you know, by the end of the year, he's going to pretty be a, a pretty darn good major league hitter. You know, Jimenez, it's tough to see him go. You know, it's really tough. I think. Yeah. Um, so many times I'd watch him take round balls, and he reminded me of uh, Omar Vizquel, just as the way he went out, went after balls, the way he, you know, made his throws to first base. It was uh, just enough every time. Like, Omar always got you just enough, you know, just barely beat you. Mm-hmm. Internal clock, and, and Jimenez was outstanding. You know, his calmness, his presence. Um, I know I know he's going to do great. I know, and I told Sandy, this kid's going to, uh, in the end, he's going to be a, He's going to be an all-star player. I don't know if he's going to be able to do the do it with the bat like Lindor does, but mm-hmm. he's going to run. He's going to run the bases well. He's got great instincts. You know, I'm a big fan of, of Jimenez, and you know he's grown a lot in this organization. And to get a player of Lindor's stature, you have to give something up. And I think in the end, both teams, you know, make made out really well. You know, yeah. especially if if our club can sign Lindor to a, a to an extension, then you know, mm-hmm. gosh, we all we all work mm-hmm. out well. And Rosario's another piece, you know, like I said to Sandy, I mean, he's, his sailing's high off, uh, probably higher offensively than, than Jimenez mm-hmm. and can, yeah. you know, maybe 
bounce around now and be in, in different positions or go out to the outfield. And, you know, he's got elite speed, so he can be used in different ways now. And I think, um, like I said to Sandy, I said, you got two good kids. I put a lot of work in with Rosario. Our player development team put a lot of work in Jimenez. And, you know, you guys know when trades are made, it's not just because of the player. It's because of all the people who have helped them along the way. And our player development staff did a great job with, um, you know, Tim Tuffle and all the guys in player development did a great job with, with Andres. Gary DeSar, seen our guest. Listen, I know you got to get back to work, but I hope you have time to answer this one for me. Um, you, you spend a lot of time putting guys in the right place on defense. And the minor leagues are experimenting with a few different rules this year. In AA, they're going to keep the infielders on the outfield, uh, on, the, uh, on the infield dirt until the pitch is released. And then they may experiment with keeping two on each side of the field, uh, depending on how things go. Uh, it's all with the idea that this could be implemented in the big leagues at some point. Your thoughts? Anything that can make this game more interesting for the young kids, any you know, off, off, you know, obviously offense makes it interesting. Nobody who's young wants to come to a ballpark. You know, they want to see they want to see um, base hits, guys running around the bases. They don't want to be seeing strikeouts all the time with some, you know, mixing in some home runs. And I think any advancement of our game that can, uh, you know, help our fans become more interested, you know, three and a half hour games are tough to watch. And I, whether it's because of the analytics of, of defense or whether it's because of the batter's box and the launch angle and all that stuff, whatever it is, however they can the, tweak the game and, and create more interest and get more people, you know, wanting to play the game. Um, on, on the defensive side, for me, it's, I've always been a big fan of instincts mixed in with analytics. You know, you can't, for me, it's like, I, I try not to live in extremes. I, I don't want to be too analytical and I don't want to be too extreme, uh, too extreme with the instinct part of it. I want the blend. And if that means, you know, shifting guys, I think our team is, you know, one of the, we're on the bottom third of shifting, but when we do shift, we find out that it works and you know that will stink if we, if we can't be able to make an adjustment with say, you know, Luke Voigt coming up to the plate or Sanchez coming up to the plate where we have to do two and two. That's going to be tough for us, but um, I've always believed in the blend, and hopefully we can get to the point in this game where we get back to that good mix of both analytics, instincts, and, you know, maybe a hit and run every now and then. You know, that, that yeah. art is what lost, I think. Run? <laughs> yeah, or... <laughs> well, we were just talking on the bench the other day about bunt for a hit. You know, we were in a we were in a yeah. uh, tie. Uh, we were up one run. Degrom pitched the game the other night, and our yeah. staff was great against the Astros. We have a one run lead in the seventh inning, and I could have played Drury on the left field foul pole, and not one of their guys <laughs> even looked down a bunt. So I think, and that's not that's not right. to say that the Astros don't bunt. It's just to say it's just where we are in the game of right. seeing the big yep. picture and the global aspect of what makes this game interesting and fun. I think. So, you know, two and two on each side, you know, if that's going to be tweaked, I think that's what's great about the minor league system is you can try things out there. You know, we all ended up falling in love with the um, putting a man on second and the 10th in, and, you know, yeah. it's, it stops these 19-inning games where you got to use, you know, end up using position players to pitch. And that's tough. That's tough to take. You know, I know um, the traditionalists don't like it, but um, I think once we saw the the results of it and how – it's actually pretty interesting with the strategy aspect of it. Sure. You know, I, I think everybody became what? enamored with just like the wild card. You guys remember when the wild card first came in? Everybody yeah. was like, oh, my God, what is this? <laughs> exactly. You know, and we were talking about, it's funny, we were talking about netting at the ballpark the other day. You know, when netting 
first came into the ballparks, everybody was like, oh, my God, you can't have netting. There's not going to be inter- right. any interactions with fans. And now I can't even – I feel the ball at third base coaching box, and I can't even get the ball over the net to, to give it to a fan, <laughs> and, and nobody cares. <laughs> so you know so, how it is. You know, we all get used to it, and we'll, we'll make adjustments. Oh, I think you hit it on the head, Gary. You know, the the blend of analytics and and instincts. You know, yeah. that's common sense to me, and that that helps makes it make it better. I I know you got to run. I I just I wanted to get thirty seconds on on one guy, uh, Guillaume, okay. who seems Guillaume, who seems comfortable in his own skin and is really uh, kind of adapted to the role he has, and he, he seems like a different player almost. Yeah, he's been killing his role as our you know as our shortstop, third base, second baseman. I mean, he's even pitched for us. One of the things I can say about Louie right off the bat is, he, you know, he, he works his butt off. He's out for early work every day. I've stopped going in to ask him. A year ago, I just, hey, I just said, Louie, I'm out here for you. So whenever you want to come out, come out. And the kid comes out every day. And there's days where I have to go to him and say, Louie, I need a day off today. I can't hit the fingers. But, take a, take I mean, it's a, he's a product of hard work. He's a baseball rat. Good. Um, doesn't have great range, but he has he has the instincts and the awareness, and he prepares for hitters, and he knows where to stand. Mm-hmm. Good to hear. Hey, Gary, thanks okay. very much for the time. Appreciate it. And, All right, guys. Uh, get yep. back to work, okay? Thanks, thanks a lot. Say hi to your All brother right. for me. Uh, I will. Desar. Appreciate it. Okay, you got it. Thank you. Gary DeSarcino, thanks for the time here today. Uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's terrific. And yeah. I, guess, I, I think he, he hit it on the head, too, uh, that, you know, you've, you've got to – Find common ground. Let's put it that way. And and Absolutely. the blend between analytics move that's not going to go away. Instincts certainly aren't going to go away. So if you can get a blend and use common sense, uh, you you can make the game better and make the game more interesting uh, and and move forward. You know, DJ LeMay, who kind of echoed a little bit of that yesterday. When he, you know, Gary DeSarcina mentioned instincts, and Lemayhu talked about, you know, letting his he'd be okay with, you know, not shifting, letting his athleticism take over and make the play. Mm-hmm. Um, same Lindor said the same thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. And you know, I, I guess when we talk to guys who are elite players, you know, th- that's not really the best example because <laughs> you got a lot of guys who can't do what Francisco right. Lindor and DJ Lemayhu can do, right. and that's probably a lot of reasons why this is designed, why this has been in place. We're giving you information to help you make better plays. Go stand four steps over there because that's where the ball is going to be hit, and you can't cover that ground fast enough if the ball if you're standing in your normal position. So, you know, I we'll get into this a little bit. Um, I had some thoughts on the uh, on the uh, on the I, rules and the defense and things like that. Yeah, um, but I do want to tell you. I want to thank. Uh, I, I I got in touch with Gary last year, and we have a mutual friend, and he helped me get in touch with his brother Glenn. Uh, and right around this time last year, shortly after, well, I mean, we we got sent into lockdown, you know, a year ago, mm-hmm. and about a month later is when The Last Dance came on uh, Netflix, and we were watching uh, Michael Jordan. Yeah. Michael Jordan, or I was on ESPN. Now it's on Netflix, and. Um, Gary's brother Glenn was the starting shortstop for the Birmingham Barons in 1994 <laughs> and spent an entire season riding the bus with Michael Jordan, uh, riding the you know luxury bus with Michael Jordan uh, throughout the Southern League the year that he decided to play baseball. And I, yeah. I did a, a podcast with Glenn DeSarcina a year ago, which is still one of my favorites, telling some great stories about you know playing pickup ball with Jordan and losing his meal money for an entire road trip on a game of blackjack <laughs> in the back of a bus. You know, a lot of great stories there. It's on an archive if you want to go pick it up on the 30 with Murdy podcast. But uh, Gary's yeah. brother Glenn, um, 
told some really good stories about it. Don't don't play cards with uh, Michael Jordan. <laughs> Big uh, lesson, yeah, yeah, not for real money. Do not do it. Uh, yeah, no, exactly. I, I thought it was uh, before we take a break, uh, uh, Swin. I, I thought it was very interesting what he had to say about you know uh, with with the shifting with the Mets, like. Um, they don't do it very much. I know. Well, no, I, but they had moved JD. I know over to you know the mm-hmm. the second mm-hmm. base spot. You know they moved the third baseman over, to leave the shortstop. But now, you know, and Lindor is not a not a huge shift guy. He's not he's not a huge fan of that. He's he wants his instincts. He understands that. He's a big analytics guy before the game, during the game. Let me let me be me, as he said. Uh, but it's interesting that you know they realized what they had and that's probably the best way to go is kind of leave JD over on that side of the field instead of shifting him over and shift the guy who can handle it a little bit better you know I don't know if we'll get a chance to watch much double a baseball this year and like I don't know if I'll have a chance to see how it works in action but that's where they're going to be instituting these rules and experimenting with the defensive side of it and trying to figure it out at triple a they're using the bigger bases and that has a different well I want to get into that with you a little bit and then kick some ideas around yeah. about that okay we'll get some calls on it too eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six uh and Desar mentioned uh, hit and runs, and I got a little tutorial on that a couple years ago that I think is kind of interesting for fans to maybe think about why you don't see it more often. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 